you know, deacons serve a very important role in the church. Many times they're not as visible, obviously, as the pastor who stands up before you every Sunday, but they are vital to a church. I'm going to ask Brother Brad to come. He is the chairman of our deacons here, and uh, I'm going to ask him to come and introduce to you uh, our deacons and their wives, and then... uh, Later in the service, our deacons and also any ordained uh, men in our church uh, will participate, and their wives participate in praying for and helping in the ordination of uh, uh, Joshua Poppy. So, uh, Brad? Well, um, my name is Brad Pirtle, and uh, I um, represent Bear Creek Baptist Church as the chairman of the deacons, and there's uh, my wife, Stephanie. Um, and I'll, <clears throat> I don't know what kind of order I want to say this. Uh, I wasn't uh, here when they came to Bear Creek Baptist Church, so I'll, I'll start with uh, Al Holtz is in the back, and uh, his wife Pam who is over here. I don't know why they're separated, but I do. I'm kidding, I do. I do. <laughs> they're together. <laughs> and then there's uh, Stephen and Becky Poppy over here. And then there's uh, Jeff. And Elizabeth Lavender back here on the back row. And so that is the current deacons that we have at Bear Creek Baptist Church. All right. And then, of course, Bill, Brother Bill Ellis was uh, correct. Uh, one of our deacons. He would have been 65, I believe, today had he uh, been living. He's enjoying his first birthday in heaven. And, of course, his wife, Patty, is over here, and she'll also be participating in our ordination day. You know, leadership is vital in every area of life. In the home, leadership is the key. In fact, one of the great problems that we have in America today is that we have so many homes with no leadership in the home. The greatest uh, challenge in America is not racial strife, it's not economic struggles, it's not even COVID. It's uh, the fact that there is such a breakdown in the families, in the homes. So many children being raised without a dad. So many wives, so many single mothers uh, raising their children. And, and so, uh, so leadership is vital in the home. Leadership is vital in a nation. How important it is for us to have um, uh, leaders in our country who are leading in righteousness. And again, I personally feel like that uh, that's a struggle we have on many, many levels today is not having Men in in positions and women in positions of leadership who are truly seeking God. They uh, many of them are seeking their own uh, acclaim. They're seeking their own benefit, and they're not really seeking to lead with uh, uh, with with a love for the Lord and a confidence in some kind of definite standard. But then, of course, leadership is also vital in the church. And in the New Testament, in the New Testament church, there are two specific leaders that are mentioned that are important. Every member in the church is just as important, just as valuable. It took the blood of Jesus to save the youngest child that it took to save the, the oldest leader in the church. But in, just like in family and in government, there's leadership structure in the body of Christ. And uh, there's, there are basically two offices. One of them has three different names. 
The one name is called elder. Uh, sometimes it's called bishop. Sometimes it's called pastor. Only one time, actually, is it the word pastor mentioned. But, but the idea of a, a pastor, a shepherd, is vital. And that same, that office has three names because one of them speaks of the maturity that's needed, elder. One of them speaks of the wisdom that's needed, the uh, ability to oversee. And then one of them speaks of the compassion that is needed, that of a shepherd or a pastor. But then there is another office in the church, and that is the office of deacon. And uh, deacon, the very word, uh, the Greek word deacon, diakonos, it just sounds like the English word deacon, it actually is translated the word servant. It's one who actually is in a position of serving Christ and serving the body of Christ. So that's what we're focusing on today. There are two passages of scripture that I want to read. And like I say, my message is really uh, going to be brief today because we'll be taking a good bit of time for the ordination itself. But in uh, Acts chapter 6, we have what is generally thought of as the first men who were chosen to serve as deacons. In Acts chapter 6, it says, Now in those days, when the disciples were increasing in number, and that's a good thing, the church was growing, more and more people were coming, a complaint by the Hellenists, that is the Greek-speaking widows, arose against the Hebrews, that is the widows who were... uh, Jewish, because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So there seemed to have been a problem, two problems. One, there was the practical problem. It seemed that the the Greek-speaking widows were given a certain amount of food in the daily uh, distribution of food, but the Hebrew uh, widows were given an extra portion. So you could look at it that they're getting extra, or you could look at it these are getting less and so it created a problem and the ones getting less began to complain and some of their family members began to complain and there was kind of a a particular uh, sense of division in the church there was some strife and so the 12 that is the 12 apostles summoned the full number of the disciples together and they said you know it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to, uh, to serve tables. In other words, they said, really, we shouldn't have to be burdened with solving this problem because our task is to preach the word of God. And therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed, and they laid hands on them. Now, part of what we'll be doing in this service 
uh, Joshua and Ashley will be up here, and uh, we're going to come by and pray for them, and we will lay our hands on him, and we will pray. Now, the laying on of hands was kind of symbolic of what's called conferring or transferring authority and blessing from one person to another person. Now, when they laid hands on the head of a goat, uh, not talking about goats here, you know, we're not doing that, but they would lay their hands on the head of a goat and they would transfer the sins of Israel to that goat and then it would be led off to carry those sins away. But in a positive sense, when they laid hands on a priest, or a prophet or a king, and anointed that king or prophet or priest, they were transferring to them the blessing and the anointing of God. And that's what we'll be doing here today, so they'll help you understand that. And then there's another passage that I want to read over in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. And a lot of times, if I were to ask you, uh, what is the passage in the Bible that actually describes the ideal model of a godly woman, it would be what? Yeah, Proverbs what? 31, Proverbs 31. A lot of women don't like that passage, but, uh, uh, but the fact is, there is a passage in the New Testament that describes the ideal model for a man. And listen... Every man, every man should make this passage his goal and desire and design for his life. But it is a requirement for men who serve as deacons to meet these qualifications. It says in 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 12, Deacons, likewise, must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience and let them also be tested first, then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, Managing their children and their own households well. So the qualifications that are mentioned in this passage is that they're to be serious-minded. They're to be men who are not flighty. They're not frivolous. They're not silly. They are dignified men. Uh, All our deacons fit that, but I think of Brother Al Holtz as... uh, personifying this very well. I don't know. When I'm around Brother Al, I just feel like here's a man of dignity and seriousness, and I enjoy being around. All of our deacons, I could say that about each of our deacons, but, uh, but I, I certainly sense that very, very strongly in Brother Al, and I appreciate that. They're not double-tongued. That is, they're men who are trustworthy. What they speak, they mean, and they speak with honesty. They're not addicted to wine. They're they're men of self-discipline and self-control. They're not greedy. That is, uh, for them, they are generous men in addition to the fact that they're not greedy. They are the positive side of it. They are generous. And then they are men who uh, uh, are doctrinally sound. 
That is, they know the truth of God's word. They believe that God's word is God's word. They believe that man is a sinner. They believe that Jesus died for our sin. They believe that he is the eternal son of God, the second person of the triune Godhead. And they believe that he rose from the dead and that he ascended back to heaven and he's coming again. And they hold those doctrines uh, uh, clearly and, uh, and sincerely. And also their, uh, their wives fit the same qualifications to a large degree here. And then it says the husbands are to be devoted, the, the deacons are to be devoted husbands. They are to be known for the love that they have for their wife and their children. Uh, again, I can say that about all of our deacons here at this church. Uh, if a man is going to be a deacon, a servant in the church, he first is to be a servant in his home. He serves his wife. He serves his children as he serves the Lord. He is a man who is known in the congregation as here's a man who's devoted to his wife. He's a good husband. He is a good father. So those are the qualifications that are mentioned. The responsibilities of deacons. Everybody still listening good? Everybody? Looks like everybody's with me now. So what are the responsibilities of deacons based on the passage there in Acts chapter 6? Number one is to sweeten the fellowship of the church. When there's conflict, when there's stress, when there's any kind of pressure, any kind of tension, it's the deacons who come in and they say, let's help here. Let, let, they're they're, they're kind of sugar sprinklers. They, they sweeten things up with their wisdom, with their love, with their compassion, with their affection, and they bring people together. So lots of division. In fact, churches are noted, unfortunately, across our land more for their fights than they are for their faith. If you go out into the community and ask about churches, many times churches are known, especially, I don't know how it is in Texas, but I know it was in Tennessee, many churches were known for the divisions that they had had more than they were for the gospel that they proclaimed. And that's a sad thing. And, uh, but again, I just have to say how much I praise God for Bear Creek Baptist Church. I praise God for Brother Bob Cullen uh, and, and other pastors who were ahead of him. Uh, I came to this church, and uh, the first thing that my wife and I sensed and noticed was that apparently former pastors and present deacons must be doing a great job. There was just lots of sugar sprinkling done in this church. And I just praise God for the sweetness of the fellowship. So that's the responsibility of the deacons. And then, of course, it's to meet practical needs. Here was a, there were certain people who were feeling left out, and there were dispensing of material needs, and the deacons took care of that. And then it's to serve the members. And uh, our deacons look about and they say, what are the needs? What are the practical needs in the, in the fellowship? We want to rush to meet those needs. And then they provide an example. Just say to all of our deacons and to Joshua, who's going to be 
ordained here in just a few minutes. Uh, people are watching your lives. And not just fellow members, but children are watching your lives. They want to know what you're like. And, uh, you know, uh, a gruff, uh, sour uh, deacon sets a bad example. We don't have any like that. But I tell you, children in the church ought to love their deacons. Again, Patty, one thing I appreciate so much about Brother Bill is the kids in the church love to be around him. They loved, they flocked around him when, uh, uh, and to this day, they still speak of him with deep affection. So, Deacons provide an example, and then they are doctrinally sound. So that's the qualifications and the responsibilities of deacons. And uh, some of you young guys, uh, you say, I wonder what God wants to do in my life. Well, this is what he wants to do in your life. He wants to make you deacon material and by the way men are not chosen to be deacons so they can serve they are chosen to be deacons because they are already serving and the church looks about and they say who are the men in the church who are serving God who are caring for the people who are eager to meet needs and who are doctrinally sound. And then the church says, those are the men that we want to hold the official position of deacon. And Joshua, that's what the church has seen in you. They have uh, observed your life. They've observed your responsibilities in your home as, as a son, as a grandson, as a husband, as a father. And as a church member, and have said, we see a man here who is already serving, and we want to officially recognize him as a deacon. All right. And I want us to uh, have a prayer. That's all my sermon today. And then I'm going to ask uh, Joshua and Ashley to come up here. Ashley. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to do this, but uh, you'll work out a way. Okay. We're going to ask Joshua to come over here and Ashley over here. And then I'm going to ask all of our ordained men to come and sit over here on this front row. We'll ask our the, their wives to come and sit over on this front row. And then uh, uh, we will participate in uh, the ordination. So uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father. I thank you for this opportunity today as a church family to put our sense of approval and authority on Joshua and, and Ashley. And I ask you, Father, to uh, bless in this time, use it in our lives for our good, for your glory, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. 
We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.